Hello and welcome to the second ever Spirit of 2016 podcast. My name's Andy Bell and making his debut tonight is one Luke Niblock. Luke, do you want to introduce yourself and give us, let's say, just tell us what you do, uh, the fact that you'll be appearing on here, give us your, maybe your, fav- uh, your favourite NI memory of all time, being a Northern Ireland fan. And tell us well, who's more proud tonight, you or Josh McGuinness? <laughs> I mean, first of all, I'm very excited to be talking about all things Northern Ireland, especially after those two results. Mm-hmm. You can kind of hear I'm almost losing my voice after that. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll have to go into detail about that. Both in the same boat there. I That's think. it. But it's I mean, a struggle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, for me, I think some of my fondest memories would be, I mean, that David Healy campaign. Mm-hmm. I mean, those games against the likes of Sweden, Spain. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the David Healy performance against England. Yeah. You know, the po- scoring against Paul Robinson. I mean, for me, that's one of the clearest memories mm-hmm. of my early days. Um, but I think for me, honestly, the, the best memory, and maybe speaking for us both here, yeah. was 2016, you know, the Euros. It yeah. was just unforgettable for us. I don't think either of us ever thought we'd see Northern Ireland at the major tournament Absolutely. in our teenage years, Definitely you know. Not. So we were so excited to watch that. And to get through the group and all there was just, I mean, that Macaulay header and the McGinn goal, I don't think I've ever went as nuts, you know. It was yeah. just an incredible <laughs> campaign for yeah. us. So maybe tonight, I don't maybe know. Maybe tonight, I mean, that <laughs> might be up there because, I mean, the relief know, tonight, yeah. but unreal. I'd yeah. say the Euros campaign for me just mm-hmm. has to be the standout memory. Yeah. I mean, it was just incredible and I'll never forget that, mm-hmm. honestly, I really won't. I mean, I think the thing is, as well, because me and you're young adults, sort That's of, yeah. 20, 21, yeah. um, you know, England and Spain, I mean, we were maybe too young to appreciate so just young, how yeah. brilliant that was. We just thought Northern Ireland are the best team in the I world know, after this. lived off that, yeah. You know, yeah. so, like, I know from personal experience, the England game, my dad sent me to bed at half time and I missed the Healy goal. You missed the Healy goal. No, yeah. I, I went down in the morning, had it recorded, and but I heard them cheering on you what yeah, was happening. And you, you know? knew it was just an incredible <laughs> yeah. moment, even though yeah. you were so young. Yeah. They would have told yeah. me if England went on to win that 2-0. I you know, know. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it. Yeah. So I think, you know, I remember certainly me and you were massive Northern Ireland fans in school well, and of course, of yeah. course when it was it was like the, the Worthington years mm-hmm. a lot of people sort of didn't really care that it put on England yeah. over watching us that you know it wasn't a fashionable thing yeah. to support Northern Ireland but those years sort of they were it was painful for me and you yeah. and I think we did talk about yeah, we did. will we ever see us qualify for a major tournament and I think we were pretty pretty downbeat about yeah. it so I mean 2016 just for that campaign to come out of absolutely nowhere yeah, exactly. it was just it was just incredible. And so. I think to have those those struggling years under the likes of Worthington, you know, that campaign halfway through thinking maybe we'll get through yeah. and then the, the disappointment, yeah. I think that just makes the Euros campaign even sweeter, Absolutely. you know. Those kind of moments are just made much yeah. better by all the lows we've had, you know, and it's just the complete and the opposite, basically, mm-hmm. of what we went through with Worthington. So, yeah. I mean, that for us, that has to be the standout yeah. memory looking back Absolutely. at Northern Ireland, you know. Mm-hmm. Nope, spot on. Um, so, basically, tonight... <coughs> I think the struggle is going to be not to talk about this Josh McKenna's no, goal I mean, and the limbs that went with it for 25 minutes or whatever it's going to be. It was just, I mean, those <laughs> are the, that's the best atmosphere. I mean, just the, yeah. that, that moment was just incredible. Yeah. I mean, I know it's early stages in, in the group, uh-huh. you know, but to, yeah. to have that goal, that almost feels like just, mm-hmm. you know, maybe this is another chance for us at, at a campaign, Absolutely. you know, at a, at a major tournament. So I think everyone in the, in the ground, especially mm-hmm. in the cop, we were in the cop, we were yeah. sitting in the cop. Incredible. It was just, I mean, we were going nuts. It yeah. was just the relief after you know what was in some ways a frustrating game yeah for josh mcginnis to put that in it was just incredible yeah. i think there were there were sort of many different factors as to why that goal yeah. was just so brilliant the oh, celebration absolutely. was just so nuts i mean yeah. first of all the fact that as we'll come on to talk about <coughs> and as we talked about in the last podcast we need 12 points from these four games 12 points is a must the yeah. uh the, the the draw the group that we've been given it's absolutely imperative that yeah. we get these 12 points absolutely. so i mean i was personally thinking in my own head and that this could just be like complacency for me that maybe didn't sell in with the players but I was thinking our home form's brilliant especially against these lesser nations yep, under Michael O'Neill especially under Michael yep. yeah we're yep. absolutely brilliant at blowing yep. them away we actually yep. haven't had 
too many of the sort of Laurie Sanchez no, results that's against the bigger yeah, nations. But absolutely. we've just become so good at controlling these games yeah. um, and getting them out of the way. So, And certainly at home. So, I mean, I was thinking Estonia, Belarus mm. will get six points there. And then I was thinking I'll be a lot more worried about the away doubleheader. Yeah. So to have that for so yeah. long threatened, you know, <laughs> and you were just thinking... This is going to be another qualifying yep, campaign that's yep. over after yep, we've seen a few this games, and yeah, it's not our yeah, fault that we've yeah. been given this draw. Normally, you know, you have one bad result, you yep. can you can catch it up. But I mean, you were you were fairly calm for a lot longer than I was. I mean, yeah. after half time, every five minutes, I was properly panicking. And I think that's what Michael's done to us as fans. <laughs> yeah. You know, we know that we have a great chance, and we'll get there in the end, especially against these sides that we should be beating. Michael yeah. normally gets us over the line. Yeah, I have to have to be said. So I did have a feeling we we do it, but when mm-hmm. it gets to eighty five minutes, yeah. you're thinking to yourself, "Is this the start of a bit of a downfall?" And yeah. you were just worried about that. Yeah. But to see Josh pop up was just amazing. Espe- especially seeing, um, especially just seeing where that's the Northern Ireland we've grown up watching exactly, after Laurie Sanchez. You know, yeah. it would be results like that. You look yeah. back to Luxembourg. We watched the highlights yeah. from that the other night, and it almost looked like a carbon copy. You know, the deflected goal, the yeah, frustration. And you think what's happening? Well, uh, should, we talk, should we talk about the goal quickly anyway? Because I mean, that's yeah, I, I we mean, have to talk about. Me and you're yeah. still buzzing off it pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And we said you know we could take a bit of time to calm down yep, and do sort yep. of a, an analytical podcast yep. but i think you'd have to do it next month for, i mean for honestly yeah thing, for us to know? calm down i'm gonna be thinking about this all week i mean yeah. we'll have to talk about the goal because i mean i think for yeah. me josh came on and he was looking really lively he was popping the ball about mm-hmm. and you saw it in the goal i mean he takes the ball down he beats a couple of men yeah sprays it out wide i yeah. mean and the ball comes in and he's made that run and we didn't see Lafferty do that. No. To see Josh make that run after playing the ball and just get, have the determination to get in the yeah. box and score the winner for Northern Ireland. I mean, what a win. Yeah. What a I do, think, you know? I think the most impressive thing for me is, you know, Josh McGuinness, <laughs> if, if he, if it was somebody else took that down, made the chance for himself, played yeah. it to McNair, and uh, it was just him who put the ball in, yeah. he'd still be a hero. But exactly, the impressive yeah. thing for me is, like, he's literally made that chance for mm. himself. And me and you said, I mean, Josh McGuinness was getting quite a lot of stick after the Estonia game. He was, yeah. And we are gonna we are gonna sort of split these two games up, and we're gonna yeah, talk about yeah. Estonia, and we're gonna get into that and the problems there, or the 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 highlights of that game, yeah, the good so, yeah. things, the positives. But one of the things we said was, and McGuinness was getting a lot of mm-hmm. stick, and he was, you know, of course, there was a one on one where he just sort of blasted the keeper. Yeah, there's a couple of other chances, but. I th- I th- actually was quite encouraged by McGuinness's performance there, and I'm not so. a huge fan of Josh McGuinness, yep. but I sort of thought, you know, Lafferty toiled for a while. There were there were balls coming in where he was just flat footed. Yeah, he wasn't holding the ball up particularly well. No, there were no. some parts where you know he'd hold it up and he'd, he'd knock it off, and to it me, just I wouldn't think, work. Yeah, it just wouldn't I, stick. I think so. I, you saw Lafferty yeah. that it's just, he isn't playing that mu- that many games at yeah. club level, and yeah, that's a problem. you, d- you yeah. do see that in these international games yeah. at times with Lafferty. He's going to give you the press. He's going to work hard. But ultimately, he will. He does struggle at times, you know. And I think we saw that there. And we just needed that freshen up with Josh coming on. And it, Josh is might be, you know, staking his claim for yeah. a starting spot in this team. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I know he does blunder the odd chance. Yeah. But he does give you something else. Yeah. He really does. I mean, so. you can see from coming off the bench in those yeah. performances. And you know what? It <clears> might be a case of he is the impact sub for us now, yeah. and that that's his role. And I'm, I'm sure he won't like that. He yeah. won't like hearing that because I'm sure he'll want to play every game. Absolutely. But um, I mean, I was really encouraged when he came on, and Lafferty sort of. I thought he toiled a bit. I don't think he did badly no. in either game. Actually, I thought there were times where he held the ball up really well. Yeah. He wins himself fouls. I think the referees are very harsh on him. Yeah, he doesn't um, get a good time. It's, from the it's yeah, yeah. It was like it was like the Andy Carroll syndrome. Remember when he played for Liverpool? Yeah. And you know they the defenders could do whatever they wanted to him, but and they get away was, with it yeah. because they were yeah. because he was so big. It seemed yeah, that if he laid yeah. a finger on anyone, you know, it was a foul. And yeah. I, th- I think he, he was, and I, you know we know how quickly he gets frustrated. So the referee gives a couple of soft yep. fouls against yep. him, but 
I was I was just encouraged, and of course, it would be great if Josh McGuinness mm. could finish, and he was that kind of striker. And yeah. But the fact you know, if he was like that, he'd probably be playing Premier League football yeah, and be a twenty five million striker. You know, yeah, so yeah. we just have to work with what we've got. Yeah. We're a small country; we've got a small pool. But I mean, the celebration. Let's talk about that for a second. I've I mean, I've been in. I've been on the ground for some massive goals, yeah. and I think, well, I think what we were saying outside the ground was, if that was a two-one win over Germany, and we got a Josh McGuinness goal in the eighty-seventh minute or whatever it was, yeah. it would be a feeling of joy. It would be a celebration of joy. But yeah. I don't know about you, but it was just pure. It was an outburst of relief, and it felt like that all around us. I mean, that was it. Yeah, yeah. I think we just every little struggle we were going through in that game mm -hmm. because it was building up the tension really was mm -hmm. building up because we knew i mean if we don't get the three points there that yeah. could be the group over for us yeah. i mean so the relief was just released out of our bodies i mean it was incredible i mean the I celebrations i haven't seen something like that <laughs> in such a long time i mean everyone was going mental around us in the car yeah. but it was just incredible yeah, it really was, was. I mean, yeah i'd love to i'd actually love to see the video back oh 100 we'll have to um, do that yeah i don't know if i want to see the josh mcginnis go back because yeah. I, I don't even i don't want to see it again i, I just want that to be my only memory of it you know yeah. it's such a haze yeah. i sort of know what happened i saw yeah. it like the replay on the screen right the in front side. of the cop i mean just incredible yeah, yeah. but yeah. uh but i've never i don't think i've ever had that feeling before it's like only it's only sort of football or your sport that can give you that. It's just it's incredible. It's it was, I was just so tense. I was yeah. panicking for so long. I was like, oh no, we've screwed this up. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it wasn't even joy. It was just pure relief. Pure I mean, relief just, we yeah. just, me and you just went absolutely nuts. Yeah. Everyone around us was just hugging each other. Yeah. And I mean, incredible. I'm going to be on the crest of wave until, pretty much until we play Estonia. Until in the next now. game. Yeah, <laughs> have to be, have to be, because it was just, just a brilliant moment. It really was awesome. a huge moment. I mean, don't, we don't know what that's going to mm -hmm. mean for the group. Mm -hmm. Who knows, but that, that could be the goal that gets us to the Euros so we just have to obviously that's looking far ahead mm -hmm. but at the minute we can enjoy yeah, that you know absolutely right shall we shall we talk about should we sort of bring a bit of structure to this and talk about Estonia first Let's then do that, yeah, yeah. so um, so what we'll do here we'll talk about Estonia a bit we'll dive into that and the talking points from that we'll talk about the Belarus game and yeah. try and remember something that happened apart from that yeah. <laughs> the Josh McGuinness goal and then we'll talk a bit in general we'll talk about the other results in the group which were quite interesting tonight yeah, we'll come on to talk about indeed. that yeah um, we'll chat about the a bit about the way doubleheader. We won't chat in too much detail because we'll be yeah. doing a podcast before that. Yep. Um, and then yeah, I'll explain the next pod, and then we'll we'll do sort of the man of the match over the two games. Absolutely. So yeah. We'll chat about who played well, and we'll we'll sort of give maybe not a collective man of the match. I don't know if we'll agree or yeah. disagree. We haven't really good. talked about it. So, yep. but <clears throat> so. Uh, Thursday night, going back then, it seems like ages away it now. It seem like <laughs> a long time ago, yeah. So we beat Estonia 2-0. Um, so pretty frustrating first half, I think. It's, mm -hmm. I think we'll agree on that. Mm -hmm. uh, around the 55th, 56th minute, uh, the ball fell to the beginning of the box. Super finish, 1-0. Yeah. Again, massive relief. Not with, not to the same level as it was no, tonight. No. Um, I suppose just we had a few chances. Estonia didn't really, didn't really create much. We had the... The important be uh, Bailey, Pe uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell. Yeah. Easy for me to say. Yep. Bailey Peacock Farrell save. Mm -hmm. And then a few minutes later, George Savile wins a penalty. High boot. Clear penalty. Yeah, absolutely. Davis puts it away. 2-0. Um, fairly fairly standard international mm -hmm. result. Um, well, but let's talk about the, the performance first because there was a bit of debate, actually. I'm in a couple of Northern Ireland groups on Facebook or whatever and I follow a few fans on Twitter. And there was a bit of a debate as to whether... And uh, whether or not it was actually a good performance. Mm -hmm. So, I saw a few people posting uh, like possession stats and saying, "Listen, Northern Ireland, fifty nine percent possession at home, two 0 win. What more can you ask for? Have you guys yeah. seen what's happened?" <laughs> like, I can get that. I can mm -hmm. get behind that. But also, I think you have to take into consideration 
the fact how Estonia set up essentially. So they were five four one four five one. I can't remember at yeah. times. I think they were playing six or seven at the back. It was just it was fun. It was weird to see you know yeah, yeah. a team coming to Windsor and being that scared of us. Mm. I I think just because they stood off us so much and because to an extent they let us have the ball and there was they were pressing a little bit they were putting pressure on us they were making it awkward for us but I think you know I don't think necessarily fifty nine percent possession tells us that performance was anything mm. amazing what what did you sort of think of it what what were your views I mean happy with the result because goal difference doesn't matter it's head to head in this group yeah but I mean so obviously happy with the result nobody's denying that mm. but did you think the f- performance was that brilliant. Well, it was interesting because you were obviously at the game. You were at the at Windsor for. I was watching at home actually, and for me, the thing I took out of that game was I was looking at the midfield three because I mean it was very interesting seeing it. We looked at that midfield three and thought, yeah. you know, maybe this could be a midfield three for the future. You know, we've obviously had this. We've se- had a look at it before, but I thought it was really a lot of movement coming out of that midfield. And I had to say, McNair just making a lot of those late runs into the box. Savile again looking lively, and Davis. I mean, it was maybe one of Davis's actually quieter games, yeah. perhaps, so but he was still dictating that tempo as he always does so for me I was looking at the midfield three and thinking this is probably the reason we're going to win this game mm-hmm. but then you look out wide as well I mean in the wide channels you had Jordan Jones and I thought Jordan Jones was absolutely fantastic against Estonia I really did he was definitely the bright spark along with mm-hmm. Jamal Lewis yeah. on that left hand side yeah. I mean when was the last time you remember seeing overlaps and and you know real dynamic link up mm-hmm. on the channels yeah. for us I mean we just we never really have had a chance to see that we're used to seeing the likes of McGivern you yeah. know playing a fullback for us and <laughs> thanks for mentioning him yeah, I was no, actually feeling quite good after hopefully that hopefully we didn't have to bring him up yeah I <laughs> know but I mean Jamal Lewis that's one way to calm me down yeah exactly <laughs> I mean Jamal Lewis and Jordan Jones for me they just were terrorizing Estonia yeah. and Estonia were just sitting off they were just letting us come at them and Jordan mm-hmm. Jones and Jamal Lewis were just having loads of fun down that left hand side mm-hmm. and I mean I thought it should have been a penalty on Jamal Lewis for example yeah, and I just thought sure. so many chances were coming down that left hand side yeah. I mean even if you look down the right hand side now again coming inside whipping in you know some crosses on his left foot he's, he's a two-footed player mm-hmm. And you saw that with Nam again, and I thought he looked lively as well. And if maybe Lafferty hadn't been on his heels so much yeah, in that game, yeah. we might have had another couple of goals in that first half even. I agree. But overall, I mean, I think we could have easily, I mean, even though it wasn't the best vintage Northern Ireland performance we've seen, yeah. we could have had four or five in that game if we just had taken our chances both in the first half and second half. But I think even looking at that Estonia game, <coughs> even though it could have been more, there was definitely positives to take out of that yeah. from the midfield and from the channels. I just thought we looked yeah. really lively in that game, you know. And I think, you know, sometimes as football fans, we can be guilty a bit of a bit of recency bias. So, yeah. you know, we've seen Dallas and McGinn play probably 80 games between them. Yeah. And we know what they offer. Exactly. Um, and we're used to it. And maybe we can be guilty of taking for granted because they're both very good players playing at decent levels of football. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's when you see the excitement of two players, two really exciting players, two quick players, two dynamic players like Jordan Jones and Jamal Lewis, you can, mm. you know, you can maybe over-exaggerate it a little bit, but I mean, personally, I was in the cup on on Thursday night. I've had the chance to watch this game back, which is a luxury we haven't been afforded for this Belarus game tonight. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, I mean, it was clear on both, on both shows, and there were things like that changed my mind from, from Thursday night when mm. I watched it back. But one thing that stuck out for me was definitely that Jamal Lewis and, and Jordan Jones were the, were the so lively. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, certainly with the the striker situation and the, the maybe the frustrations on the goal front for us at the minute, I think Jordan Jones is the first name in the team sheet for the for the, so, for yeah. the front three. Yeah, I think he has to be. I mean. Yeah. He's playing really well for Kamarnik. He's playing every week. That's yep. something that Michael likes. Regular club football, yeah. He's absolutely. got his move to Rangers. Yep. Stephen Gerrard rates him. Stephen yep. Gerrard spent quite a bit of money on him. Yep. Tried to get him in early. Mm-hmm. Um, Kamarnik 
weren't going to let him go until no, the summer, no. you know, so it just shows he's how... He's their key player, man. Yeah, yeah just yeah. how important the player is for them. And you, maybe people hear Kilmarnock and think, you know, oh, it's just they're dreadful there. Yeah. Kilmarnock are, you know, not far off the... I mean, certainly not far off like Rangers or Aberdeen. Absolutely, they're, yeah. They're I mean, going for a European yeah. space in, yeah. in, the, in the Scottish Premiership. And you can argue till you're blue in the face yeah. as to whether... The Scottish prim- the level of the Scottish Premiership, but like this isn't a terrible side. This is a good side with That's a good it. manager. Yep. Uh, Steve Clark, who managed at West Brom, was obviously assistant manager yeah, to Kenny Dalglish at Liverpool. Yeah, you know, he's done work at Chelsea. Yeah. And Jordan Jones, I've learned a lot from him. But what what I'm saying is, you know, for him to be so highly rated that maybe they won't take whatever extra money Rangers were offering. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really. I thought I, th- you know, it's it just shows that he's a good player. He's a highly rated player and. I mean, he's only twenty four years old. He's got, yeah. he, you know, he can nail down that position for the best part of the next he ten years. I, th- I, th- I think I thought honestly, it was so impressive. Yeah, it's not to cut you off. I just think that the best way to sum that up the Estonia game is. I think Michael did an interview. Michael O'Neill did an interview with uh, Sky Sports in the last couple of days there, and he said that this is the most athletic side he's yeah. had in the, what the seven years that he's been in charge. And I think it's so true. I think the amount of pace we see in the side just general kind of physical prowess we're seeing in these players. I mean, it's just so refreshing to see yeah. it. And I think it is the impetus we need to push on and maybe, again, get to a major tournament. Yeah. And I think it, it's so true. It rings so true what he said about the athletic side. I mean, it is just so much pace in this side. Certainly, I think that's just symbolised by Jamal Lewis. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Y- you, wanna, you don't want to focus too much on his athleticism and his physical prowess because yeah. he's an absolutely super footballer yeah, as well. He really is, yeah. You'd be doing him a disservice just to talk about that. But, yeah. I mean... He's not the biggest guy, but he's you know mm-hmm. they sort of they tried to target him for five minutes yeah. tonight in terms of headers to put yeah. the big the big guy up front on him. Kept and dealing with it. Yeah, and he said after five minutes, I thought now yeah. we need to think of something different here because this guy. And I mean, it, you know, it's, you see his pace when he's running forward, but also his recovery pace, and that's you know so important, especially against teams yeah. like this because yeah. he can go and press in the midfield, or he can go and press the winger or the fullback, yeah. and if they sort of knock it around it's no problem because he's going to be back in within five seconds he's just got that incredible recovery pace and unlike I don't know somebody a quick player um, we see plenty of quick players at a higher level than the level Jamal Lewis is playing at that haven't got a brain cell between them I mean that that guy I mean there was there was one of the first games I think we saw it was a South Korea friendly and he got a bit of stick after that I think he was just a bit nervous but that guy's like that guy had something on, he's on got great shoulders, feet. You know, I, mean, he's I think they even mentioned there was a couple of times he, he played himself out of danger. Yeah. I mean, I think there was it was like a double man press on him a couple of times in the Estonia and Estonia and the Belarus yeah. games, and he played himself out of trouble mm-hmm. with just how good his feet are. Yeah. I mean, really quick feet, and then he'll just play. It's okay if he plays that ball backwards and he gets out of trouble because then we can just recycle the ball mm-hmm. and we can keep moving with it. I think Jamal Lewis really he's nailed that left back yeah. slot, and I'm really excited to see what he becomes. And, and he's I'm doing a great job at Norwich, yeah. you have to say as well. He really yeah. is. I mean, and I mean, let's let's hope they get promoted because yeah, having having such an exciting player like him yeah. he's only 21 22 yeah, i think i'm not entirely so sure time, but yeah um if he gets promoted next season we've left back playing premier league football yep. an exciting left back and yep. hopefully they do keep him i mean That's i don't see why not because yep. he's starting every game for them and from what i've seen i haven't seen an awful lot but the norwich fans seem to rate him as highly as we do so yeah. that'll be exciting for us to, a great player there yeah yeah so and it looks like they're going to go up so great another great premier league player for us yeah we've lost a couple recently yep. I mean, the only real ones are evans and cathcart yeah and you look, there's a good few of our players actually who are, I mean, there, there are some players like Ollie Norwood who seems to always get promoted and then gets sold yeah. back down to the championship. Yeah. He's just like a high level championship player. Yeah. I mean, personally, I think he should be given a chance in the Premier League yeah, because if he's good enough to consistently play in teams yeah. that get promoted, you know, that are good enough for the Premier League, why side? can't he give yeah. him a go? Even yeah. though his 
a third or fourth choice midfielder. Absolutely. But you know, we've got uh, just a general point. Where, you know, we've got Jamal Lewis, who we think is going to come up and keep his place. We've got Leeds here. I mean, they've dropped out of the automatic uh, promotion places, mm-hmm. but I mean, we've got Bailey Peacock Farrell, who has lost his place. But yep. um, we'll see about that because I mean. On a, to make a very basic point, when he, when he was dropped, they were first, now they're third. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure that's there's there's other problems other than our oh, keeper. But yeah. you know, you've got a couple of players at Sheffield United. Connor Washington's not getting a kick, but Norwood as well. Maybe they'll be finally the club to give him a chance in the Premier League. Knows, yeah. you've got Middlesbrough in the promotion places, so you've got Savile and McNair who are both big players for us and definitely yeah. big players for us in the future. Huge players. So yeah. I'll just be keeping an eye on the Championship race because with any luck, we'll have. Maybe yeah. three or four players. a lot of players Northern, in the Northern Premier Irish League. There, yeah. yeah. A lot of Northern Irish and we've already got Evans and Cathcart yeah. who are playing there, and I don't think they're in any danger of dropping out of the no, Premier League anytime not. soon. No. Steve Davis, maybe, depending on yeah. you know the manager at Southampton. I mean, he's not really done much at Rangers, mm. and we can talk. We could talk about that whether he's been yeah. playing the right position there. But uh, but but it's encouraging because yeah. I was I was worried for a while. You know, we're going to have a team of purely Championship players, but mm. we could have four or five Premiership players next year, and, th- and that's do, exciting. Yeah. yeah, and I think that as a good point to raise, just about the defence in general. I think yeah. we should always kind of pride ourselves on mm. you know keeping clean sheets, being really solid at the back. We've always had those the personnel there to do well at the back, and I think we're really showing. I mean, look at Cathcart at Watford. Yeah, I mean they're having, they're the best of the rest in the Premier League at the minute outside the top six. Mm-hmm. It's them or Wolves. Uh, you know, him, he's just done such a great job at Watford under Javi Gracia. And then even Gracia loves him as yeah, well. Yeah, he loves him. I mean, yeah. he, uh, the fans love him as well. And he's yeah. playing game in, game out in the Premier League. And that's exactly what we need at the top level in these qualifying games. Yeah, we're playing the likes of Holland, Germany. We're going to need Cathcart. And what do you think about Dallas at right back as well? I think he's been an interesting Yeah, one. I mean, I thought when I, when the team sheet came out, and obviously you're thinking Estonia and Belarus is going to be two teams that sit in. It's going to be a low block. Yeah. 10 men behind the ball at all yeah. times. And I thought, yeah, playing a sort of a natural, a natural winger there. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, normally that's his position playing a winger there I mean that's a good idea because he's not going to have an awful lot of defending exactly, to do yeah, yeah. Um, he's actually played there quite a bit for Leeds that's under right. BLC he that's was playing right. there a bit before Christmas and then mm-hmm. he got a bit of a, a bit of two month injury mm-hmm. and there was a bit of a worry as to whether he would actually be fit for these mm-hmm. this double header so uh, I was interested to see it and um, I didn't think he had too much of an impact on Thursday night um, no. I think maybe whoever was on the left-hand side for Estonia dealt with that side relatively well because, I mean, all the play was coming down the side of Lewis and Jones. Yeah. Or maybe we made a choice to play down that side and mm-hmm. target their side. We don't know. But I, th- I was really impressed by him tonight, actually. I thought he yeah, really got very forward. Dynamic, yeah. His delivery his delivery is good. You know? Yeah, it's, not um, re- it's really not bad delivery yeah, at he, all. Yeah, he can always whip one in. And, yeah. you know, when we've got a couple of big, we've got a couple of big strikers in there. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe a sharper Kyle Lafferty would have had a couple of goals Absolutely. over, over these two games. So, delivery, yeah, I mean, I, 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 was, I was impressed tonight. And the question now is, you know, well, would you play him in the away doubleheader? Because I certainly would. But then the big question is whether you play him in Holland or Germany because he's going to have mostly defending to do there. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I think mean that's qu- maybe something we can talk about yeah, on no, the, a later so, pod yeah. towards that. But I, I wouldn't like... Yeah, I mean, I, I, think I could, I could look at, like an idiot now, but yeah. I wouldn't be averse to, for him being the right back, you know, for the next. Yeah. Well, I think we, we still need to see him get really tested. I think the thing I mentioned to you earlier actually was, I mean, we haven't seen him maybe defending at the back post, for example, you yeah. know, cross coming in back post, seeing how he deals with that. I think maybe there was a couple today that he dealt with quite well, but <laughs> when you come into those away games and you come into those games against the likes of Germany, Holland, 
it's a different test. You have to sit in. You have to yeah. act two banks of four yeah. almost. And yeah. we don't know his awareness in that kind of in that kind of position yeah. in those situations. So I think it's a wait and see thing with Dallas as well. Keep him there for now because mm-hmm. I don't see any problem with it. And he's if he, if he does get his his right back place back, and you know maybe either Bielsa has found himself. Yeah. A right back that he prefers there, yeah. or it could it be just you know he's been injured for a while, mm-hmm. doesn't want to change a team that's well, was doing quite no, well. Absolutely not. Um, so I mean the sense and the fact that Dallas is playing uh, in a team that's pretty much every week. I mean a lot of the teams in the championship would play against Leeds, maybe not to the same extent, yeah. but like Estonia and Belarus did to us because they're one of the best teams in the championship. Yep. You know teams will go to Ellen Road and I'll I'll take a point. You know yeah. they'll be happy enough getting a point against them. So I mean he's used to he's used to that he's used to having to provide an outlet from right back yep. provide crosses um to break down the opposition yep. so I mean certainly for the away double header why not I mean I think personally one of my gripes with not necessarily with O'Neill but just with the setup some, is I think we're far too conservative away from home sometimes yep. or I think that we overthink things away from home and yeah, I just think yeah. Yeah. away from home you know we're a better football team than Estonia and Belarus if they want to come out at us well then, you know, we'll come at them. It's mm-hmm. certainly for Estonia. Um, I don't think there's going to be much of a difference between playing at home because no, it's an eighteen thousand seater we can stadium. Still get at them, yeah. It's an eighteen thousand yeah. seater stadium. They have a two thousand home crowd. Yep. We're probably going to June in Estonia, gonna, Eastern exactly, Europe. We're going to yeah. bring a ton out there. Loads of people. Unfortunately, there, yeah. we're away. Otherwise, it could have been a. Yeah, it could have been, been an option. Yeah, yeah. But I mean that. I mean, I don't. I think we should. I don't think we should have any fear going out there and it, it is going to be difficult. I don't know what the climate's like. I mean, it's a long way away. The yeah. travel is going to be difficult, yeah. but hopefully he, uh, because it's in the summer and the players aren't training, maybe they're yeah. on their break or yeah. it's in June. I'm not quite sure uh, how that works, but yeah. we should approach those two games as we have done yeah. the home ones. I have all the fear of control. Yeah. yeah, I just think if you look at that last qualifying campaign for the 2016 Euros, we went away to those kind of teams and we did get the yeah. we got the job done. Mm-hmm. I mean, we might have got the job done in some dodgy circumstances. You yeah. know, I always remember the Lafferty goal and things like that. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I just think you have to look at these games. You have to go in confident now. We've got mm-hmm. six points out of six. Yeah, I know we've played two weaker sides than us at home, mm-hmm. but you can't. If 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 you look at that and you're negative about it, you don't love football. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely, I think, yeah. I think you just have yeah, to go in these next be. two games with yeah. all the confidence in the world. And I think there is a good chance we can get 12 points, mm-hmm. which is exactly what we needed to do, you know? Okay, we will talk a bit more about the away doubleheader yeah. uh, at the end after we've talked about Belarus and obviously in much more detail in the next podcast. And I think that's going to be an interesting one because we can talk about how the how the, sort of the last two games have impacted that yeah. and how we think about that and whether we're confident. Um I have got down here to talk about Davis, Savile and McNair and the midfield and how that worked. But I actually think I'm going to bring that into the Belarus section. Yeah. And we're just going to talk about that there because yeah. I think that was far more prevalent tonight. And I think we were we were far more encouraged by yeah, the midfield three performance yeah. tonight. So, um, okay, well, happy to leave Estonia there or I'm any other business. That. I think yeah. we've covered Estonia. We've nailed well Estonia. There, yeah. Yeah. yeah, as we did on Thursday night as well. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so... So Northern Ireland, Belarus. So um, this is the one that's fresh in our memories. Yeah, I mean, incredible. probably don't have a <laughs> yeah. an awful lot of analysis to do on it. We were no. third row of the cup. Um, Just you know, haven't seen it back. I don't think. I think, it's, I think it's. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I dread to think how I signed on this. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I was yeah. like a different yeah. guy in the first podcast. At this point, I'm not even that bothered because <laughs> of just how great I felt when that goal went in. But I mean, yeah, yeah. we should talk about that the, the midfield then and today. Yeah. You know. Well, I'll just go through it quickly, sort of yeah. what happened. So, I mean, anyone who's who's listened to this will have seen the game. Uh, first goal, Johnny Evans. Uh, so it was a Dallas long throw, and we we sort of we didn't really talk about that in the Stoney game, but yeah. we'll talk we'll talk about that in this bit as well. Yeah. Sort of set pieces, Dallas long throw. Yep. McNair header on straight to Johnny Evans. Yep. 
good header. Johnny Evans does one business nil. exactly what he needs yeah. to do. Yeah. And I'm glad to see sort of recently Johnny Evans is adding goals to this game because he didn't actually score too many yeah, when surprisingly he sort of came enough. in. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm glad to see him because he's a senior player in yeah. the squad. He's captaincy material. Yeah. You know, good chance we get a revitalised Johnny Evans. Yeah. Now he's starting again under Brandon Rogers yeah. at Leicester. He was obviously in and out of the side under Claude, Pou- uh, Claude yeah. Puel. Yeah. You know, so it's good to have Johnny. Yeah, he didn't fancy him at all, but it's good to have Johnny back playing club football again. And yeah. hopefully that's a revitalised Johnny for yeah. us in the campaign. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it seemed like a strange one because they're playing Wes Morgan ahead of him. And yeah, it's bizarre. I don't think, I don't think Leicester fans rest. Claude Puel doesn't seem like a good manager, but I mean, it just makes some bizarre decisions. Some bizarre decisions. I've just got like an irrational hate for his face. I don't know why. Just like, <laughs> well, I mean, he's been sacked there a couple of times on the Premier League jobs, know, and there I must know. be a reason behind yeah, it. You know, it's his face, honestly. Yeah, I, I think, think it could well be his face. Absolutely his face. I don't know, but uh, yeah, he's, he's, he seems like a bizarre guy. Yeah. He doesn't seem to like. He seems his own, yeah. He's his own man. Doesn't really he's listen to that. That's it. Yeah. yeah, we'll just forget about him. And yeah. if he does anything else to my Johnny, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, I can't remember how many ten minutes later or so, yeah. uh, a complete fluke. Yeah. A uh, guy takes a shot about 25 yeah, yards Stasevic, out. I think it was, wasn't Stasi- it? Stasi- Stasi- Stasevic. Yeah. Huge deflection off Stuart Dallas. Dallas. I mean, it was yeah. just one of those it freak horrible. goals, wasn't it? And, and then it, you think at that point, is this going to be one of those mm-hmm. strange days? That, that was like nothing to do with our performance. We were playing oh, fairly all, well. Yeah. I mean, I thought our first half was much better than it yeah. was against Estonia. Yeah. And there was no reflection on our performance. But I guess in international football, like <laughs> those, the teams like Belarus, they, they, what they do in training is they set up to... Uh, they set up to defend, um, and they're they're looking to stroke a look like that or a set piece and get the big centre halves up, you know. So that's one of those things. I guess you have to get it used happens, to in international it happens, football. It happens. There could be a fluke yeah. that happens, and you have to work on getting the yeah. second goal. Can't feel and sorry then, yourself, yeah. um, <laughs> well, we'll not talk about it too much again, but mainly because I don't really know what happened. I yeah, just, uh, just, I just know that I ended up a couple of rows. Yeah, guys in front where of us I should have been. tumbling over <laughs> the stands. I mean, I it was I've, just yeah. incredible. I don't think I've, it must be some sort of world record for the amount of people hugged. Yeah, incredible. Random people hugged. Incredible. I've never seen in my life. I wouldn't talk to at the game. I wouldn't. Of course, yeah, we're talking about the McGinnis winner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, just I should have mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think they knew. I mean, it was it was just it's just one of those magical moments that'll yeah. will stick with me forever. And then we should mention another important Billy Peacock Farrell save. So yeah. That's can't really remember. Now, I mean, yeah, that's you might have to help me out here. I can't remember how it went. I just know it was a sort of a ball to the back post. Yeah, a bit think, of pressure. I yeah, we could we could act, we could talk about that a bit later on, like yeah. how how we played. I think we got very nervous, and it's we natural, did. you know. You score an eighty seventh minute goal. You've just seen the scenes that were in the crowd. Yeah. You don't want to adrenaline running crazy. Yeah, you know. so the, the natural instinct is drop, drop, drop. Yeah, yeah. Poof everything. Yeah, but soak uh, it up. Maybe yeah. maybe we could be maybe a bit more streetwise well, in that I sense. Think, you yeah, know? I think a ball came in from wide. It was flicked on by one of their forward players. I think yeah. maybe their number nine or something. And then at the back post, he comes in late run, and Billy Peacock Farrell makes such a crucial yeah. save. And I think that's now we've seen that with with Bailey twice now. Yeah, I mean that save when uh, when Estonia went through one on one in behind Johnny Evans. With that's a one well. communication. That's yeah, a so I mean that was a huge save for us. And mm-hmm. again, Billy, you know, yeah, bailing us. Perhaps out of jail. I mean, I just thought the that was really, yeah, yeah, the doors there. So um. <laughs> had to squeeze that in. But uh, I mean, crucial save in yes. the context. Yeah, of the, I mean, a huge save. So fair play to him. He's not playing at Leeds at the minute. No, Kiko Casillas come in there and taking mm-hmm. his role. But I think you know he showed real focus to you know to yeah. make that save huge. I mean, even if they, save. even if they, I know we're talking a lot about sort of championship, but just quickly, even if they, even if they go up and he's second choice there, you know, there's, you know the guy could get injured for four months or yeah. he could hit a run a bad form. I don't yeah. think he's. I don't think the new keeper's yeah. done particularly brilliantly for them. So yeah. you could see Peacock Farrell's yeah. a, a Premier League player and at 21 years old, along with Jamal Lewis. That's just so exciting. Big for future, our future. Yeah. 100%. So um, well, do you want to do you want to quickly talk about that because that was 
um, something a lot of people uh, were debating, especially after the Nations League, where Billy Peacock Farrell seemed to be made not necessarily nailed down the one, the number one shirt, but he uh, Michael O'Neill played him in every game. Uh, Michael McGovern had lost his place yep. for a while. A lot of people weren't overly happy with it. Billy sort of made a few mistakes. I mean, there was the first game against Bosnia, the second goal. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. I don't even overly think it was his fault. Uh, but people but will naturally pick yeah, him out there. Yeah, they'll see a young keeper at the scene of the crime. Yeah. There was another one in Austria, I think, where he picked up a back pass. It was pretty obvious. Yes. Um, so there were worries there. But, I mean, I think that was just a bit of nerves. And certainly for me now, he's the number one. I mean, you've got, you've got two keepers who aren't playing at championship level. Yeah. Um, so you could have an argument. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that Peacock Farrell's level right now is a million miles better than Michael McGovern's, no. but one's twenty, yeah, or exactly 21, twenty-one, and one's yeah. thirty-five. So exactly. one might be the future, and you can argue yeah. over whether he is or not, whether he's good enough or not, whether he has the mentality, the stature or not. Okay, one might be the answer, but yeah. Michael McGovern at thirty-five, not playing, definitely isn't. So yeah. why not? You know, why not try and build for the future? I think it's very refreshing to see that approach from Michael, and I think yeah. Michael will always give chances to the youth. And I think it's just it's really nice to see. You know, we've got this young keeper coming in. It is showing us a glimpse of the future. It might be become a Northern Ireland great you just don't know yeah. he's so young at this point that he's going to make those mistakes being better than a young keeper always you saw David De Gea I mean this is a classic yeah. example David De Gea at Manchester United I mean when you come into the side like that so young there's so much expected of you and you're just such a young person and for me he's shown real composure and maturity to, to make those crucial saves I mean he's really going to be a key part of our side I think and I'd, I'm happy for him to be number one I really am absolutely and I think the other thing is what a lot of people don't like uh, is a keeper who sort of tries to play it out from the back a little yeah, bit. Yeah. People here aren't used to that. I mean, I think he was trying to clear out the North Stand at one stage. You know, so, yeah, they can yeah. be some of the most uh, nervous people, but, yeah. you know, you <laughs> think, give them all a heart attack and yeah. you know, we'll clear that one out. We'll just have the cob yeah, or whatever. Exactly. But, I mean, people aren't used to that. We've had goalkeepers who aren't renowned for being absolutely brilliant with their feet. Um, Mike Taylor, Roy Carroll, Michael yeah. McGovern's distribution was pretty horrendous. Yeah, was I mean, awful. he's a good keeper yeah. and will always have a place good in the hearts for the, yeah, for the Euros, yeah. but his di- distribution was horrendous. And people will laugh at that and people will say, you know, well, if you want a keeper who can pass the ball 40 yards, we'll stick the centre midfielder in goal. But yeah. it is such an important part, especially with Michael O'Neill's sort of new style of trying to build from the back, assert yep. control on a game, win the midfield battle and yep. take it from there. It's important to have a keeper who can start attacks. and. Yep. Okay, against Estonia, I think he hoofed a few out of play. Um, but also there was, I thought there was some great kicking on yeah. display, and I think, I think that's important just to have a young, refreshing goalkeeper. Yeah. Steve Harper's in there now. I, yeah. I have to say, I don't know anything about that, but yeah. I mean, what what I would say about that, and I mentioned this to you earlier, was, I mean, Mike Taylor. That could have been a case of you know the IFA giving their old mate a job. Who knows? And I, I feel I feel hard saying that because he could be a brilliant goalkeeper Absolutely, coach, but. Yeah. With somebody like Steve Harper, you just know they've had to go out there. They've had to sort of search, the search their credentials. Yeah, and yeah, there's yeah. no reason why Steve Harper should be Northern Ireland's goalkeeper yeah, coach. So we can yeah. only assume he's a, he's a good goalkeeper coach. Maybe I suggest mean, maybe a new philosophy as well. I yeah. mean, I think, you know, you're saying like sh- your short corners and things like yeah. this. It's a, it's a new approach to yeah. the game. And I think it's a good time to do it. You Absolutely. know, why not? Yeah. It started pretty well yeah. so far. Spot you know? on. Right, we'll have to talk about Paddy McNair because he was incredible tonight. Yeah, I, I, think. <laughs> I mean, we could be we could be over egging it. I mean, uh, Thursday night, I thought um, 
of course, the thing that will stick in everyone's heads is the horrendous miss, but I thought his performance was encouraging on Thursday night. It really was, wasn't it? I thought tonight he was outstanding. He bossed Man it, of the match by a mile. He was me. our ball carrier all game. Yeah. He was driving through the midfield into the final third constantly. Yeah. He was picking out passes. He he could have scored. I mean, there was a great block that came in from the Belarus defender. He was just all over the pitch. He was, I don't want to say Zidane, but honestly, <laughs> he was all over the pitch tonight. And Is I that nothing to do with the chant? Or I mean, it no. could well be, but I, mean, I just thought he was fantastic. I really did. And yeah. It's just so nice to see a midfielder just uh-huh. bowing forward like that. He was absolutely brilliant. And yeah. I think, without doubt, I think maybe Steve Davis got one of the match tonight or something, but I think so. for us, it, it has McNair. to be McNair. I mean, it's just over those two games as well, he's the star performer. Absolutely. Just absolutely incredible, yeah. McNair. Honestly, it was so great to see. His delivery, mm-hmm. everything, he's, he seems to be a real, yeah. you know, he seems to be our guy at the minute, mm-hmm. a bit of an architect absolutely. for us. And yeah. if there is creativity coming from the midfield, mm-hmm. it's good chances through Paddy McNair at the yeah. minute. I just thought, brilliant. And brilliant performance. Michael actually said, I listened to him on a different podcast recently, he was saying something along the lines of, Paddy McNair needs to sort his club situation out. So basically, him and George Savile went to Middlesbrough, and George Savile uh, essentially has has nailed down a spot there. He's one of the starting players. Yeah. Uh, More or less plays every week, bar maybe the odd time he's rested. Fans love him. Uh, Paddy McNair really hasn't made that spot his own, and I wonder... You know, at the end of last season, I mean, you you watched a bit of it. You said the for Sunderland, he was their main man, and their fans absolutely loved him. I think you were saying their fans were looking like to build the team around him next year to get yeah, back up. Yeah, there was an idea that McNair was going to be their guy, yeah. and you know, try build around this guy because he's st- he's still got years ahead of him, mm-hmm. and he's just he shows from maturity. I think we've seen him in loads of different positions. Yeah, and it was the the topic. You know, what's Paddy McNair's best position? Mm-hmm. He played at centre half. He played it right back. For me, it has to be in midfield. In, yeah. in our midfield three, he just looks so brilliant. There. I think that's really the thing does. because he was. We, we all saw a good footballer in there. I yeah. mean, we saw we saw him play right back, left back. He played when he first came into United. Yeah, I think Van Hal brought him in. Van Hal brought him in. Center half. He was, was playing center half, yeah. and you know he saw a player there. And yeah. Van Hal might have been the first guy to see that in McNair. And yeah. I think ever since he has kind of just been a bit of a shining player. Mm-hmm. And I, hopefully he will get more minutes. You know, at club level, I hope so. because and he I, deserves I, it. I think. I mean. One of my problems on Thursday night, and this was, bear in mind, I was up at half two to catch a, to catch a bus, to catch a plane over to Belfast yeah. to get home from Estonia, so I was pretty cranky, yeah, actually. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, the frustrations of not scoring for 55 minutes and the worry of that sort of got to me a wee bit, so I don't think I saw the game through the most knowledgeable, analytical point of view. Yep. And one of my problems was, uh, especially in, a, in these games where you, you have to break teams down, I was thinking, is the Davis Savile McNair trio a bit similar? And I was sort of thinking, you know, where's the creativity there? Who's yeah. going to pick the pass? Because they're all three very good footballers. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying anything different to that. But yeah. I just thought, um, I I just thought maybe we would we would need, like for example, you take. I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan, so I'll give a quick example from this. So you, you, a lot of people don't like the Henderson, Wijnaldum, Milner midfield. I think it's too much the same. They think they're all good players in their own right, but it's the th- as a three, do they work? And people are saying, you know, when we had Coutinho, when we had Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, that was a player who could pick up the ball and drive. Yeah, something different. And I was sort of thinking, would a player like that be better f- just for uh, for sort of unlocking the door, yep. being the key master in that team? But I think when you see uh, the runs... Certainly, mainly tonight against Belarus. I keep saying tonight. This might go out tomorrow. So yeah. Sunday night against Belarus. Yeah. Um, I think we really saw tonight the runs that Savile and McNair were making from midfield. And to be fair, like mainly McNair was doing it against Estonia, but yeah. they've definitely been told Davis is definitely the enforcer in that midfield. Yeah, he He's sits. the guy that picks up the ball. Yeah. He's the best passer of the three. The tempo. But there's no reason why Savile and McNair can't get four or five goals between yeah, them this do. campaign. That could be important for us. You know, we need. 
we've, we will talk about the striker situation, but we're not get we're not going to have a David Healy that scores thirteen qualifying goals. We're not, not going to have Kyle Lafferty of five years ago, yeah. where he's going to carry us to European Championships. We need to chip in with goals from other places. And has to happen. We're saying, you know, Johnny Evans yep. stood up and chipped in tonight. Yep. Can Cathcart get one? Can do it? Yep. I think, can Salva and McNair get two each? Because they're making the runs and they're getting the chances. To me, I don't see why not. I yeah. think it's huge. I think we've been needing goals from midfield and this is the campaign where we need to really do it because we've seen the striker situation. We're going to probably talk about that just in a minute here. But because we don't have this consistent striker at the minute and we've got a real problem, bit of a dilemma there, I think we just have to get some goals from midfield or else we might struggle in this group. Yeah. So I think, I mean, the foundation should always be at the back, you know, be yeah. really tight at the back, keep clean sheets. But if we can add some goals from midfield, we really might have something on here. You no, know? absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I think the midfield in general just has been a massive positive. And we'll talk about McNair because I think he was the star man. But I think like as a three, that was, and after Thursday night, I was thinking, hmm, is that a bit similar? Especially, I mean, it's certainly a brilliant midfield, I think, yeah. for going into the yeah. Holland and Germany games, just the control they have, the, the players they are. And how they'll sort of make it awkward for those teams, but yep. um, certainly having watched the Estonia game back and haven't been there tonight, I think for the away double header, that's a midfield. In fact, I wouldn't change an awful lot for that game, but not at all. Yeah, striker situation. Are we any clearer? A bit, maybe. I mean, <laughs> you'd say you could say you know Josh McGuinness has nailed it down now, but you have to remember the frustrations everyone has had with Josh McGuinness over the over the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, we can't be too short-sighted with it. I think, yeah. you know, it, it is going to be difficult to call. A lot of it depends on what happens at club level. You know, if these guys, to how they train, mm-hmm. how they play at their clubs. Of but, course. I mean, McGinnis, for me, he is really staking a claim now and yeah. he could just be on the verge of taking that spot. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just for the, the double header here mm-hmm. coming up, I think in June, I mean, I think it could well be McGinnis's, but we yeah. have to wait and see. I mean, Lafferty, he, he works so hard and he, he, when he comes off it, it's nice to have those impacts I was coming off for Lafferty but you might see a bit of a, a switch up yeah. I don't know what do you think well I think there's an argument you know that McGuinness could be a sort of an impact sub player for us yep. that comes on for the last 20 minutes so you could have somebody like Lafferty like Boyce um, who sort of toils yeah. and tires out the defenders and runs them ragged runs the channels you yeah. know really maybe he doesn't make the same creative impact or yeah doesn't get in the end of as many balls but f- yeah. like for 70 minutes tires him out yep. and then you bring McGuinness on and you know McGuinness is a quick player you know we yeah, see him as a, yeah. as a big bulky guy they said in training he's meant to be the quickest, the quickest in the squad in the or something yeah. I mean I don't know if that's across 100 metres or something but yeah I don't I mean, know he's meant to be really yeah. rapid so I mean yeah it's a, really it seemed you know so. it seemed in the frustrating years of Josh McGuinness yeah. or the frustrating games you know you knew he had this pace you knew he had this physicality mm-hmm. you knew he had this quality but yeah. maybe he didn't quite have I don't want to say he didn't have the brains to use it, but yeah. didn't have the touch to set him up That's to it. then take it past somebody. Yeah. Or he couldn't quite get the ball on the ground. But, I mean, it's it's certainly encouraging that, you know, this guy's come on and it's, and it's easy to say in hindsight, now he scored that goal tonight and we're still absolutely buzzing from it. Yeah. But to say that, well, I think he did well on Thursday night when he came on in a, in a different kind of way. Yeah. And I think tonight we saw a couple of times. I mean, tonight he, you know, he didn't only tap the ball in; he took it in his chest and hit the chance for himself. Yeah. Laid off a perfect ball to McNair, got in front of the defender and put it in. So, I mean, that's it. We certainly weren't seeing that sharpness from Lafferty, and Lafferty holds the ball up well. And maybe he'll, th- Michael will think, when we'll be defending, defending, defending. When yeah. we go to Rotterdam, when we go to Frankfurt to play Holland in Germany. Maybe you'll think, you know what, I need Lafferty just to hold it up for three seconds, pop it off and give these guys a break. Yeah. But certainly for like for these away fixtures, I think he'll be tempted by McGuinness. I think our chance creation, you see it, when he, when he came on against Estonia, I mean, we created maybe like four or five chances yeah. when he came on in that short space of time. And he really could on another day have had a brace 
you know, in that yeah. game when he came on. Yeah. So I think the fact that our chance creation just goes right up. I mm-hmm. mean, you even saw in that game on Sunday night against Belarus. I think he's could be the option for us. I really do because yeah. we seem to be creating just a yeah. little bit more when he's on the pitch. I don't know if that's if he's just making maybe better runs. Maybe he's playing mm-hmm. on the shoulder a bit better. I don't know what he's doing, but it just seems to be working maybe a little bit better with McGinnis at the minute. And that could just be an impact sub thing. We don't really yeah, know. Yeah, of course. And the other, I think the other caveat you have to throw in is, you know, Kyle Lafferty played most of that game on Thursday night at nil-nil with Estonia 10 men behind the ball. Yeah. Josh McGuinness comes on at 1-0. And they're stretched. And they're stretched and they actually have to go for it, yeah. you know, so that's a lot easier. I mean, the, the one-on-one McGuinness had, the, the space he would have got for that, yeah. I don't think Lafferty, or if McGuinness started, he wouldn't be afforded that space at 0-0, yeah. so it can be quite harsh. And we can be quite harsh on Lafferty as well, because we didn't really mention it with the McGinn goal, but yeah, his touch and composure yeah. for that, I don't think he, I don't think Lafferty played well, don't get yeah. me wrong, but... He played a massive, massive. I mean, role I think that's that typical win. Lafferty, isn't it? He pops up with these moments. He really does, and he might have a. He might be struggling. He might be a bit frustrated. He might be, you know, getting a few tackles from the opposition. He might yeah. be, you know, sending a bit to the referee. Yeah. But he can pop up. He's popped up for us before. He's done mm-hmm. it for us before. He's proven to have those moments, mm-hmm. and he had that moment against Estonia. Unfortunately, he didn't really have it against Belarus. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. But you know, Lafferty can pop up with the moments as well, just of the way McGinnis has, you know, for us against Belarus. Then. Mm-hmm. Any other business against Belarus before we talk about the group as a whole? I'm happy to talk about the rest of the group. I think okay. we've covered that yeah quite well there. Have to happy say. days. So <clears throat> maybe we'll talk about the the other results in the group. So yeah. Thursday night there was one other game, Holland four, Belarus nil. I don't think anyone was particularly no shocked real at that. Surprises there. Did you see the highlights me. from that one? Or I didn't actually catch the highlights. Okay. You did didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It seemed. Uh, it, I don't think you can take an awful lot yeah, from it yeah. in the sense that actually the first goal from Holland was a really bad mistake. And the okay. Belarus player just under hit a back pass. Yeah. And they were able to get a goal within like 30 and seconds. And from there, it's curtains really. So then they have yeah. to come out. Or yeah. they don't even necessarily have to come out. But th- imagine, you know, your game plan just completely goes out the window. That's it, then. yeah. So it might have been interesting to see if Belarus got 10 minutes into that or didn't make that mistake. Would Holland have found it as easy to break Can them down? Can they them, yeah. You know, and it, in the end, it was just a walk in the park for Holland. Yeah, it really so was. it seemed. I've only seen like two minutes of highlights. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think we can off- read an awful lot into that. I mean, no. we have to just expect Germany and Holland to win those games to and get 12 points for plenty of goals in and Belarus. Well. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we ha- if we're in any way serious to qualify, about qualifying automatically yeah we have to be doing that ourselves and yeah. we have done so far of course so it's obviously head to head we're looking at yeah. as opposed to yeah. you know you mentioned that of course earlier today yeah, even you know so i mean us getting these wins is really the crucial thing Massive doesn't matter if we score four or five yeah we're not a free flowing you know, free scoring yeah, side we're not. you know so i mean you know holland can win these games 10-0 and we could win it 1-0 off kyle lafferty's ass in the yeah. 89th minute yeah but no matter what, they're still going to have to come to Belfast and get something. They're going to they're gonna have to, to come yeah. to Belfast and yeah. get something. Oh, I love it if we beat them. Imagine that. Imagine. <laughs> That's going to be some nice. Yeah, it's going to um, be an incredible atmosphere. Isn't but it? more pressingly, and interestingly, in the space of about three minutes tonight, yep. Josh McGuinness saved our qualifying campaign in the 87th minute in Belfast to go 2-1 up against Belarus. And keep me writing this, Nico Schultz. I think it was Schultz, wasn't it? Nico yeah. Schultz scored a 90th minute goal for Germany in Holland in Holland to win 3-2 what I mean what do you think of that I think we all agreed that um, whatever happens between Holland and Germany we want one of those two to take six points off yes, the other yes we do. we do so I guess having the away team win that then all we need is Germany to win at home and huge. to stretch it out between Holland and Germany Germany I think at home you, yeah. were, you were saying you thought Holland were the stronger side and you were kind of wanting a Holland win tonight you thought Holland I want them to walk this group and then we'll really get at Germany but the away team winning as well you know that means Germany will 
Yeah, it's a massive result for Germany, yeah. and it could suggest that they're back to the team they were yeah. before the World Cup, before that horrendous Nations League campaign they can. What do you think of that result? I think it completely shakes up the group, and now we're seeing a really open group. I think when we initially drew these teams, I think that it was like, the first reaction was, oh my goodness, you know, yeah. we drew Holland and Germany in our group. No. What kind of luck is that? But if you actually think about it, you know, Holland, of in recent years, I know they did very well in the Nations League, of course, but in recent years, they have been missing out on major tournaments, and they've been what they, you'd call choking in the big games yeah. when it really matters. You've seen that tonight. It's interesting. Germany, off the back of a really, really horrible World Cup mm. by their standards, you never really know. They're coming into this group in a really interesting situation with an interesting context. And that win away in Holland shakes it up for us. We'll now probably be, I mean, of course, we'll be rooting for Germany at home now Definitely. against Holland. Definitely. Because if they take six points from them, we could be in a situation where we're at 12 points and Holland will be at, what were we saying? Well, at the end of, so Holland obviously go and play, yeah. they play in the finals of the yes, Nations League yeah. now, so they don't play any games in June. Uh, I don't want to tempt fate, but if we if we can get six points, and it's a massive if, and that's going to be difficult out there, but yeah. if we can get 12 points against Estonia and Belarus, and you obviously have to caveat the fact then that yeah. we will have played two more games, so we'll yeah. be in 12 points and Holland will be in three. Now, they'll have the game in hand, but I'd rather have the points on the board. 12 to 3. I mean, I know we've got those last four games that are so tricky. Yeah. I mean, the way the group's been drawn out. But 12 points against three points, I mean, you just don't know what can happen in that situation. And if we really just show incredible spirit when they come to Belfast, yeah. and, and then when we obviously go over to, to, to Holland, mm. you never know what can happen. Yeah. But obviously, that's thinking and ahead. The thing know? is, they'll, you know, they have, they'll have to chase us if we can get those points. And that's why it's so imperative to get those it's six points has out to there. happen, yeah. They'll they'll be chasing us. The pressure will be on them. We're not expected to qualify from this group. Yeah, not in a million years. This no. is like the group of death for us. Oh no, absolutely. Nobody's given us a chance. And even if we get the twelve points, are still we're still massive underdogs yep, to go huge through. Huge underdogs, mountain to climb. Even even if we get but, 12. But uh, but I I just thought that was interesting tonight because there's been a lot of talk about this Holland side, and I think it's coincided with the the really good Ajax side that's made the quarterfinals of the Champions yeah, League. A lot of good youngsters coming through. Yeah, there. You've got De Ligt. You know, you've got De Jong, Frankie yeah. De Jong in midfield as well. I mean, it's a really great couple of others paper. as well. Yeah, I mean, got Memphis Depay is brilliant for them. I think he scored yeah. five in his last five at home for mm-hmm. them. Yeah, he scored tonight. Or five in his last five games. Maybe yeah, I think he did indeed. So, I mean, it's yeah. On paper, you'd you'd say oh Holland will whitewash it. Yeah, but. You know, that result has shaken everything mm-hmm. up and Germany might have just done us the biggest favour yeah. they could have done. You never know. You never know. And I mean, uh, they, they have got a fantastic side. They've got Promes, who's a good player. They've yeah. got Ryan Babel, who's resurrected his career. He's back yeah. in Fulham now. They think that their strongest by far is the back, uh, the two centre-halves. Yeah, Delict, yeah. Delict, who's young, very good. Being, yeah, he's he's going to get a big move. Yeah, yeah, literally everyone in Europe's looking yeah, at him. He's yeah. fantastic. Van Dijk, I, I don't want to sound like, I don't want to annoy any like United fans here. But yeah, he's the best defender in the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, it's going to be so difficult, but there's been so much talk about them and it's almost like been ignored how they haven't qualified for the last two tournaments. Yeah. It's almost been like, so they had a bit of a, they had a bit of a, uh, an up, um, like a boost when the manager was sacked at the end of last campaign. And they weren't like I think they only lost out in qualification or playoff by goal difference yeah. in the end. But I mean, like everyone's gone a bit mad off one Nations League campaign. Yeah, yeah. And if we can put a bit of pressure on them, you know, there might be a bit of a halt in the narrative mm-hmm. there. I mean, everyone's saying they're a brilliant side. I mean, I'd like to see what their odds are to win Euro twenty twenty because it'd be, be one of the favourites. Yeah, no, they'll absolutely. be one of the favourites to win the Nations League. Yeah. And I guess we'll keep a close eye on them because you know they they play England I think and then. 
but those, those teams will all that'll they'll be fantastic matches with the four of the best teams in, in it's Europe be they'll, brilliant. Be, yeah. they'll be great matches but they, you, when they come to us we'll pose a different challenge and from what I've seen so far I think we'll, we'll pose them a tricky one and they have, to, so. they have to come to Belfast and um, never get know. a draw we've done it know? before we've done it before and we would you if we say I can't remember which games first I think we play them away first but if we can go out there and somehow nick ourselves a point yeah them coming to Belfast I mean that the, the, literally yeah, the atmosphere will be outrageous it'll be an incredible atmosphere and you, we've I done think, it before we've, yeah. we remember the young the young days you know for us yeah. in the Spain games you know you just never know what can happen but yeah. I think not to look far, too far ahead these 12 points I mean we have to get the next 6 points in the bag mm-hmm. in June we just have to do it there's no there's no two ways about it mm-hmm. it has to happen or else none of this is all the pipe dreaming yeah. unless we get yeah, those other 6 points so I mean it, we can't look too far ahead next job is those away games yeah you know? I mean I was gonna do a bit of a feature tonight and I am aware that we've spoke, spoken for quite a while but I yeah. think you know yeah. it's um I think it's been it's been pretty good. I mean, yeah. I think we, you know, we're just we're just a bit buzzing after this. Yeah, if, if that exactly. had ended one all tonight, this podcast would be so half the, the time. From the, from yeah. The result. yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm not going to explain the permutations for like us getting a playoff if we don't qualify. Yeah. Because a we're going to win the group. <laughs> it's happening. B <laughs> we're going to win the group, and B there um it's far too early. Like you know we haven't played our games. Well, we'll talk about that if we. Yeah, lose, we need to see how the group shapes up. To, yeah, yeah, and to start talking about like the teams that we need to finish top two and we need all these playoff places to drop down to us i think we'll leave that for another podcast because yep. it's a bit of a negative one it assumes we won't qualify when yeah. there's no well every there, right. there, every there, right there are there are reasons why we can't i was gonna say there's no reason why they can't <laughs> van dyke's a reason why we yeah, can't but, uh, <laughs> but uh but we'll leave that for another one yeah so last thing i have down here before we sort of wrap it up is are you confident for the away double header now we know our our form away from home hasn't been overly convincing. We were out in San Marino two summers ago where it took us 70 minutes to break them down. There was the Azerbaijan game where we got a Dallas 90th minute winner. Incredible. And and that could be, uh, and that that could just be me being negative and people will say, well, we got the points, didn't we? But the performances were a bit concerning and away from home, we do play differently and hopefully Michael will have learned his lessons from that. I mean, the Switzerland away performance was very good. Yeah. Uh, you look in the Nations League we created a load of chances against Bosnia we and did. Austria and we're, we're very unlucky, unlucky not to, so unlucky not to win those games we went down to Dublin albeit in a friendly yeah. and we're by far the better team yep. so what do you think Estonia and Belarus halfway around the world it's going to be tough yeah I personally I think Estonia I think we can go out there and do the business again yeah. I don't see why you've already mentioned about the, the, the support they'll be bringing we'll basically have the full house there we I mean it'll be, home game I, for us. it'll be effectively a home game I really don't see I don't want to obviously jinx it but I, I'm really confident for that Estonia one Belarus away it's a different kind of it's a tricky tie I mean we saw even t- you know against them at Windsor there they are they're just much better in the ball. Yeah. They probably will have a bit more of the ball than us. Michael mentioned that. He said yeah. they'll carry more of a three. Yeah, they, they they certainly will. But I y- you can't be anything but confident after those two results. It's exactly what we needed. We're really looking just lively at the minute. The midfield's buzzing. The ch- out wide, we're looking very dangerous. And Jordan Jones is just taking on fullbacks left, right, and centre. Overlaps are happening left, right, and centre. I don't see why we can't go there, have a go at them, really just be on the front foot and show why we deserve to be. Yeah, you know, at this this competition, absolutely, hundred percent. I mean, the players, you know, okay, there'll be three months, uh, three months, two months, two yeah, three months in between like those two games, yeah. but the last thing they'll have in their head for the last time they went away to Northern Ireland training, or the last time they went away on an international break, was the McGuinness scenes, the winner in front of the cup, yeah, you know, absolutely. and okay, the momentum might have died, they'll all be back in their club mood, but I I certainly find I don't know about you when I'm, we both have our clubs that we support, but. Uh, it's like a different mode you know you, you, your club could be doing really badly and then you'll be you'll be 
pretty gutted about it and then yeah. you'll come and support Northern Ireland you'll be really excited about it yeah, so it back I wonder up. if that's the same with them they'll go back to their clubs they'll have their own successes failures whatever and yep. then when they come back to Northern Ireland they'll be back oh yeah we scored a really late winner against, yeah. um, and we played well in these two games so yeah. uh, um, we'll, we'll speak about it closer to the time obviously the the squad will be announced when we talk about this we'll know sort yeah. of the form how the yeah. form has carried on for some yeah. players look Will McGuinness score now a few goals for Bolton because he's you know he's a no, bit of a confidence yep, player yep, you know yep, yep. so we'll, we'll talk about that closer to the time but yeah no reason why we can't go out there and get six points yep. I mean Sounds our good. away form has never been overly convincing but it's got the time now where we need to go from boys to men and go out there and get six points and make you know be be a team that can actually qualify for a major tournament because teams that qualify go out there to Estonia and Belarus and don't have any problems. And they go get the job done. Yeah. Simple as that. Absolutely. Do you want to speak quickly? You're in a band. Yes. So, um, yeah, do you want to just tell us about that? Briefly? Yeah, so it was just a couple of mates of mine from uni. Um, I'm studying film at, at Queen's at the minute. And so, yeah, I'd, I'd wanted to start a band for such a long time. It's really lovely to have that balance between sport interest and music interest. I've been, I've been drumming for you know, about eight, nine years now. And so, yeah, we started it up at the end of, of 2018. Um, and we've just, we've got an Instagram page that you can follow. Okay. Um, it's Dutch Tilt Band on Instagram. Um, and we're also getting a Facebook page live this week. Class. Um, so keep an eye on things like that. We've got a few gigs coming up as well mm-hmm. soon. So we're just really excited to do that. And it's just really great to have, you know, Northern Ireland playing well and have <laughs> yeah. the music scene going yeah. as well. I mean, it's just going a really well exciting time. Yeah, having yeah. a good time now. Yeah, absolutely. Class, now, I mean... Obviously, I would have to say this because you're my mate, and I would say because you're my mate. But honestly, I mean, I've seen some of the videos. I obviously haven't been to anything that you've done. Yeah, yeah. But I've seen some of the videos of the rehearsals, and yeah. you know, it it is really good. Um, yeah. I'm honestly excited, yeah, excited for you. And it. I would say that anyway, and people will just be thinking that he's just helping out his mate here. But yeah. genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate really that. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems to be some very talented guys, and you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds so, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, appreciate, that one. I appreciate that little mug at the end of the podcast there. Yeah. So, just before we go, um, man of the match over the two games. Before I think I we're going to agree on this. Yeah, I think we just have to agree that it was Paddy McNair over yeah. the two games. What a performance from him. Just almost like leading. He was almost mm-hmm. like a leadership role he was putting in. Yeah. Like Rory Keane-esque. Yeah. I'm not even joking. He was absolutely brilliant. And for me, he just, he has to be man of the match of the two legs. I mean, for me, I, I think Jordan Jones, maybe if we were just looking at the Estonia game in isolation, mm-hmm. I'd say him. But over those two games, if we saw it as two legs almost, it has to be Paddy McNair. I mean, just incredible performance. I mean, you, you agree, don't you? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Paddy, um, I think before before tonight, we watched the Estonia game just before we came out. And yeah. we were sort of thinking, Lewis and Jones, might, we might say yeah, they're they our man of the match. The one, yeah. um, and they did absolutely nothing wrong tonight. No, in fact, I thought, I thought Jones was a bit quieter, but I thought Lewis yeah. was very good again. But yeah. When you when you when I looked it back, I thought, oh yeah, Paddy McNair was actually really good there. Maybe I just great. had the miss stuck in yeah, the head. Yeah. Um. And he was unlucky not to get himself in the score sheet tonight. He yeah. had a couple of chances. Yeah. And he and he sets up the goal. Let's not forget that. He sets it's, up it's, a goal. It's an important it's composure, it. yeah, you know. Hundred percent. Um. So yeah, McNair is definitely my man of the match. And honourable mentions to Jones yeah. and Lewis. Yeah. I thought McNinn McNinn put in a few class deliveries yeah. as well. Yeah. And you know, we, if it was if we had a more sharp striker, we could be talking about three or four assists there, and he's by far the man of the match. Yeah, Maybe absolutely. he's been hard done by. Thought Savile, yeah, Savile was okay. Yeah, lively. Decent. Yeah, yeah. Savile yeah. and Davis were good. 
Um, defense did nothing wrong. Yeah, no pretty complaints. much couldn't have done anything. Could about nothing goal. about the no. goal. Yeah, Peacock Farrell makes two big saves. Yep. I mean, I've gone through the whole team here, but it is probably. I'm, I'm struggling well. to find a player in the side of the minute yeah. that's letting us down. I think yeah. we're all putting in great performances, but I think special shout out to Jamal Lewis, yeah. Jordan Jones, and of course Paddy McNair. Just and let's probably. hope that Tony Pulis. I think it's Tony Pulis is still there. I think is that right? Uh, uh, I could have got that wrong. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll edit that out if I if I bought that. So hopefully, hopefully, Tony Pulis will be watching that and maybe yep. gives him a run on the side because he hasn't really got a chance to prove himself no. and it's understandable, you know, the Championship's a tough league. You know, it's not, you know, when Middlesbrough are in the playoffs, they don't exactly want to be experimenting and trying new things. So, um, but hopefully Tony Pulis will see that tonight, give him a run out um, and hopefully that'll give him the confidence to train Absolutely. a bit better. He deserves it, he deserves it. Force his way into the team. Yeah. So, any other business or are you happy enough sounds good to me I was just very happy to be on the, the podcast with you there I was yep. looking forward to doing that with you of course and yeah it was just we're both buzzing after those games Absolutely. and yeah it's, it's a good time for Northern Ireland at the minute good time to be a Northern Ireland fan yeah and yeah. you'll be on here for the next for the foreseeable future yeah, I think. yeah. it's me and you from now on in podcast. Yep. Sounds happy good, days. To me. good stuff so just uh, a quick uh, conclusion from me just uh, as Nib was saying about his band there Sorry, I should. I probably called you Nib quite a bit yeah. tonight. His name's Luke Niblock, but yeah. he calls me Bell, and I call him Nib. So if you, <laughs> if you know, if On there's second name, if, 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 if some people are just like wondering, is there like four people in the room? No, there's two. I'm Andy Bell, and he's Luke Niblock. So I don't know. I feel like I've done that tonight because it has been a sort of conversational type thing. Yeah, it's just like being yeah. with you, me and you after the game chat yep. about it. So, um. There is a Facebook page, Spirit of 2016 Podcast. Give that a like. It's done pretty well so far. Got about 100 likes, which is not bad for Fantastic. a podcast that's only yep. been going for a week or two. Uh, follow the SoundCloud, I think. If you're on SoundCloud, you've got an account. I'm not entirely sure how it works, but I think if you follow that, you'll get notified whenever the next podcast comes out or yep. whenever whenever I release anything new. So uh, give that a follow if you're on there. If not, the Twitter, I think, is Spirit at Spirit of 2016 Pod. Not podcast, just pod. So spirit of 2016 pod. Um, and apart from that, um, we'll see you guys again in June for the for the away doubleheader against Estonia and Belarus. And uh, hopefully it'll be as up uh, as upbeat a podcast as this one was. Let's so, hope so. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll get that out a couple of days before. I mean, we go, we're away on holiday. I think. We're going to Amsterdam. Yeah, we're going to Amsterdam three days before. So yeah. the squad will be announced. Well, it'll be pretty relevant anyway. Yeah, we'll have time we'll to get that out. That. We get yeah. home the day, the lunchtime of the Belarus game. So we'll watch the Belarus game. We'll record the podcast and then I'll have to pack because I'm going to Cyprus after that. Brilliant. So. Sounds good to me. Excellent. So yeah, um, thanks very much for listening. There were something like 270 listened to the first podcast, which I was chuffed about. And of course, some of them will be mine and your mates just thinking, oh, Andy Bell's doing a podcast yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But there are, were also some Northern Ireland fans and I got some good feedback as well. So I'll post this out and hopefully people enjoy that. I think given the fact that everyone's absolutely buzzing from this, that they'll they'll tune in and hopefully they'll like it and they'll listen to us in the future. So yeah, sounds yeah. good. So thanks very much for coming on. Not a problem at all. Good debut. Solid yeah, debut. Absolutely. Yeah. Held it together well. <laughs> um, and yeah, no, thanks very much for listening and we'll see you again in June. Bye-bye.